It's time to check in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living. We take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. The Concierge for Better Living will help informed, intrigued, and interested listeners like you make better choices for yourselves and your loved ones. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Concierge for Better Living with your host, Doc Rob. Hello and good day. This is Dr. Rob Streisfeld. Doc Rob, your Concierge of Better Living here on CannabisRadio.com and all over the airways and internet, giving you the good information you're looking for for a better life as we talk about always a where we work together for a better today than yesterday and strive for a better tomorrow than today. And the way we do that always is by introducing great people, products, and uh, concepts to make your lives easier and better. It is my joy uh, and pleasure today for our guests because we're diving into a, a personal passion of mine, which is food and how food can heal and how food changes lives. So without further ado, it's great to invite and welcome today's guest, Chef Jordan Wagman, on the show. Jordan, thank you for coming on. and, and you know, Thank you. Hanging. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Your energy is awesome. And I'm yeah, that intro was amazing. Thank you. That's no, amazing. It's my pleasure. And it's genuine. I mean, I think I had on recently um, Chris Killam, the medicine hunter, who I I went completely fanboy on my episode. I was so excited to have him on the show. He's just a, you know, a, a resource of information. Again, there are several people I have on that we can talk for hours, not just 30 minutes. I, I know you're one of them. We're going to have you back on even before we, we begin. But I, I just want to give people a little bit of background about you, you know, so sure. that we can, you know, you're uh, you know, a James Beard nominated chef. Now, I went to culinary school. And if anyone doesn't know food, James Beard Award is you know, up there amongst, you know, the, you know, the Michelin star awards and really good recognition. It's a great thing, but more importantly than awards, it's work that we do. Right. So, um, giving back, <laughs> healing people, yeah. and helping people. It's not just about our accolades. I think we, we've kind of talked about that. It's just, you know, it's one thing to have that ego, but it's, it's better when you're service and you help others. And I think that's really where I wanted to, you know, let you kind of come in and share a little bit about what you're about and, you know, what got you into where you're at today. You know, it's, um, giving back, it's, it's almost an addiction for me these days where, you know, you're, you're, it's the best high I've ever had is, is, is impacting, positively impacting someone's life. Right. And you're obviously doing that to a great extent with your amazing reach. My story, you know, just to sort of the short version is at 12 years old, I was diagnosed with psoriasis. It's an autoimmune disease. And I was covered head to toe with, you know, scales and, and fissures and, cracks and bleeds. It was, you know, it was awful. And I wrote every high school exam four years I, I, in the hospital. I was for a total of a year of my life. I then was always chasing the sunshine. I realized the sunshine was a huge piece to my, you know, my health puzzle. It was the first piece. And so I ended up in Israel for a year of my life at the Dead Sea in a tent getting psoriasis treatments. And that's when I shaved my head almost 30 years ago because I was just covered in psoriasis. And subsequently, I've never really had, knock on wood, thousand times over, I've never had uh, you know, psoriasis on my scalp. But I knew that it wasn't really sustainable. The medications I was on as a young kid when I moved to the US and went to culinary school in Florida, I couldn't even get health insurance because of the cyclosporin and methotrexate that I was on and the damage it did, they did to my liver. And, and just my, you know, my overall health. Um, I was tired of it six years ago. Um, you know, again, I'm 49. So at 43 years old, I was finally ready to commit and make wholesale changes. And I sought the help of a natural path. 
And from this one meeting, I removed gluten, dairy, and refined sugar from my diet. I started to consume cannabis and my whole life changed. And 60 days later, you know, 30 pounds melted off my body and my psoriasis became manageable. And although I've trained with some of the best chefs in the world and, and had amazing culinary experiences, I, I used to employ butter and cream. And, you know, that's just how I used to create food stuff. Six years into my clean eating um, or cleaner life, um, I teach people how to create restaurant quality food using very few ingredients that their bodies or my body and my natural path will be happy with. You I know, it. so. Yeah, I mean, as a naturopath myself, as a you know foodie, you know, it's one of those things I, I love that. And I think that people don't understand that a lot of the times we get to where we are um, helping others because we had to help ourselves. We were at our own journey. I say the same thing. I tell people all the time I had digestive issues growing up. I had diagnosed with a starting ulcer in seventh grade around the same age. And maybe that stressful Jewish culture, who knows, or the matzo ball, whatever it might be. I always say the matzo ball is a killer. Um, but the idea is that, you know, I went on my journey and I went to naturopathic school, thankfully. And I got, I used to be on a lot of opioids and pain medicines. And I, and I went, I remember this whole thing, like you were saying, they said, here, take this uh, antacid medication for your ulcer, your digestive issue. I said, okay, doc, how long do I have to be on this? And they said, I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. So that was never a good solution. And food is what really changed my life. A lot of it for me was a mentor named Donna Gates and body ecology diet, uh, who really promoted the idea of fermented foods, healthy fermented foods and probiotic rich foods. And, you know, that was a really a game changer for my anthropology backgrounds, but we learn in traditional culinary programs, it's flavor and presence of you know plate presence and so forth, not always health and nutrition. And when you can take your traditional training like you have and apply it to a healthier paradigm, it's game-changing for people's lives. And you know what? I had to relearn how to do everything. So, you know, I, I, I love brownies. I have a sweet tooth. Huggin does. You know, I remember I'm, I'm one of four. I'm second in, in the line of four kids. And there's six years between us. We're, you know, very close, the four of us. Every time we'd come home as kids on the weekend, not to throw my mom under the bus, whom I love, she's sitting in Florida and you know, but she would always send us back out at midnight to get a pint of hugging, you know, so it, it's, it's in the genes. We love uh-huh. it, but I had to recreate all of this new food stuff. How was I going to eat a brownie that I liked? How was I going to make a cookie? How was I going to make ice cream? And never mind that. Now I don't eat rice anymore. And now I don't eat nightshades anymore. So what is it that I can create that won't inflame my body? Well, I realized that, you know what? I don't, I don't highlight the ingredients I don't use. I highlight the ingredients that I use. So I'm very proud of the fact that my brownies are made up of coconut oil and avocado, which if you think about it just logically, well, there's butter and there's oil inside a brownie. Well, now you need something to give you that mouthfeel. That's what I achieve using an aroma-free coconut oil and avocado, raw cacao, maple syrup, a little bit of coffee and almond flour. You bake it until it's crusty, and it's, it's, it's like any decadent brownie you've ever had. It took me a little bit to understand how to create plant-based food. Um, and then my palate had to get used to, yes, chef, that's good. Not, it's good, but you'd rather have this. Oh, I, you know, I, I, it's interesting you said six years ago. When I went to, I finished naturopathic school in 02, and I went right into a vegan, vegetarian, plant-based culinary program in New York City, the Natural Gourmet Institute. The looks, the comments I got, I was crazy. I was, but it wasn't about that. It was trying to go back to the basics. You can always add 
other ingredients, but it's what you said is what are their foundational ingredients? We took normal recipes and we tried and we converted them to vegan friendly recipes and we removed the egg, we removed the butter. And I'll have to say back then, we're talking about almost 20 years ago, we there weren't many options in the store. There weren't many options as far as good quality ingredients. It was a much harder path. And I love that you're doing this now, but I have to say that going even into Whole Foods or health food store, there's so much better cleaner options even for those that don't want to or have the time to cook themselves that people that are shifting towards that plant-based healthier cleaner diet it's it's a game changer and i said the same thing i had cystic acne all over my face growing up into through high school into college and everyone's like oh we didn't realize well i still won't i won't carry a beard i am now pretty much acne free and it's all because i changed my diet i cleaned up my health i improved my digestive you know system and this applies to everybody and i don't mean like okay if you're dealing with cancer if you're dealing with sleep issues or psoriasis or anything in between this is the foundation that's why i was at everybody eats and this is why i went to culinary school after becoming a physician a naturopath and everyone thought it was crazy like no 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 it's a foundational starting point for everyone to feel better and when we talk about better living that's where we go so you mentioned fermented foods and if i could show you what's in my what's in my refrigerator right now i think you'd laugh because it's it's just completely filled with kimchi and sauerkraut and a fermented fire tonic and the reason is because when i had this most recent psoriasis flare up my natural path called me out and said you know jordan what's your fermented food intake and my answer was zero and she said well you you know better and I'll tell you something, when you realize that there is synergy between what we're putting in our body and what's coming out of my skin, you realize that it's all about the inside and, eat, right. and, and healing from the inside out. Oh, for sure. I know I, we, were, we were visiting Donna in her home a few months ago and opened up her fridge and she had a couple jars of her own, you know, cultured veggies, you know, fermented veggies. And she offered a couple jars and it was like, that was the best gift I could get. It was like, you know, healing through food. And I think we talk about, you know, I, I'm a dietary supplement guy. I've worked in the dietary supplement nutraceutical industry for most of my career. You know, we work with Garden of Life and introducing probiotics and green juices and coconut oil almost 20 years ago, which I had that great honor to do then and many other good companies. But still people I know want to get their nutrition. They want to get their healing as most as possible through food. And this comes in a lot of forms um, from a nutritional standpoint. We had a uh, a Dr. Christian not too long ago talking about nutritional genomics, how science is now starting to map genomes and your DNA and find out where an individual has a snip in what foods they should or should not be eating, what nutritional deficiencies. This is amazing. This is personal health when it comes to nutrition that I dreamed about while I was a doctor in school. And now technology is catching up and you know society is catching up to realize and doctors are starting to wake up more and more that food is our medicine. So and I think based on and I'd love to learn more about that actually, but sure. you know, I think when you start removing a lot of the trial and error, you're starting to heal people very quickly or much quicker, right? right? So autoimmune, if I go to a dermatologist, for example, just having been diagnosed, you know, you know yourself, it's I'm going to get a diagnosis and then I'll receive a prescription. And then a couple of weeks later, or you know, a month later, I'll return and nothing's changed. So I go to another prescription and then another and another and another. And it's just, you know, at what point in time do we realize that we're all we're doing is, is, is trying to patch up the skin problem and we're not healing from the inside. So the fact that you put that together so early on, I mean, speaks to your brilliance, brother. Well, truly. I I, again, I appreciate that. But again, I studied anthropology. So I studied traditional cultures and diets throughout history before I even became a naturopath. That was my undergrad. And realizing, I remember having a, a client come to me, I, I probably mentioned this before, he, 
he was stressed out. He looked gray. He was thin. And I was like, and I looked at him, where are you from? That was one of the first things I asked him, where are you from, culture? He goes, Turkey. I'm like, are you drinking any kefir? You know, and again, we talk about dairy and so forth, but for his culture, his genetics, kefir, and that's a Turkish food, fermented yogurt of sorts, beverage, that means in Turkish to feel good. And I'm telling him, like, he goes, no. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to give you any recommendations outside of avoid this, this, and this, and add this to your diet. Came back two weeks later, he was a totally different person. And so food can have that miraculous healing power. And a lot of times it's just knowing what is in tune with your own body, not just following a fad diet or program, but finding out what works for you, being listening and tune. I call it conscious consumerism. Don't follow a, a diet label, but find out what resonates with you as an individual. You know, it's so funny because I, I could never fully appreciate why my body rejected wine. And I could never fully understand why, you know, the clamato juice with when we have a Caesars, you know, is, is clam juice and tomato juice. And there's so much MSG. And, and really what it comes down to is if I need to eat whole foods, if I have something that's dairy or I have something that's refined sugar, I feel it in my teeth. I feel it, you know, in my stomach and I won't sleep at night. For me, it's, it's now uh, I'm a byproduct of of feeling good, of wanting to feel good. And it's just, and, and you know what it comes down to? I don't, I don't want, I don't want the other side of it. I don't, I want to be able to sleep tonight. I want to be able to work out this afternoon. I want to stand on my head this afternoon. And if I'm not feeling well, I can't do those things. For sure. And, I, and like you said earlier, the palate can be reawakened. I think that people don't realize that, that after eating all these processed foods and sugar foods and so forth, when I went to culinary school, I was in New York. I was basically living on a you know poor man's student kind of lifestyle, you know, and but eating at the school while we were cooking. And it was all organic vegetables and, and, and fresh made food, no processed anything. We'd take home leftovers. That would be what I would eating. You know, of course, I'd have the occasional bagel or slice of pizza. I'm a New Yorker. It's going to happen. But it's amazing what a carrot would taste like. Just a simple carrot after a couple months of just that kind of clean eating. And it, the sweetness of that carrot just resonated in my mouth. And people don't understand that. I think they've lost a lot. Now, of course, it's a whole other topic of the quality of our produce or quality of our food these days is questionable. And I was just reading an article about the soil, topsoil in the Midwest and the U.S. Is, is, is being disappeared. One of my passions is to create sustainable food systems in local areas and rural areas. And we're working on those type of projects. So, again, these are things that there's a lot of issues at hand. But if you as an individual, like you took your own responsibilities and you made a big change. If people take that self-responsibility, they can all feel better. And that's kind of what my passion lies in. And, you know, for me, it was, especially the sugar part of it, it was this aha moment, this total epiphany for me when I realized after a couple of weeks, it's like, you know, I don't, I actually don't even want to eat that. And, and it was an addiction. It was just yeah. simply put an addiction. I, I craved sugar and now it's something where I was ashamed of myself. Yeah. And I'll tell you something else, you know, to realize after, as an adult that has been at the highest level in culinary for decades now, that food was what was actually causing me to feel badly every day. To, could you imagine that moment where I'm like, I've been around food my entire life and that's what's impacting my body negatively? It was, it was a light bulb moment. It's amazing. And those light bulb moments are game changers if you recognize them. And apparently you did. I recognize them when I met Donna and fermented foods and it changed my life path tremendously. And, you know, then, you know, of course, you talk about addiction and, and misnomers and misrepresentations. We, we, we look at sugar as just a food, but it's more of an addictive drug. I think coffee and caffeine, there are roles in, for it. 
I think it's abused in our society and overused. I think alcohol is in the same boat. And now we can talk and we're going to take a, com- take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about cannabis and how you incorporate that and how that's changed your life as well. So don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break. This is Doc Rob, your concierge for better living on Cannabis Radio with Chef Jordan Wagman. And we'll be right back after these messages. Thanks. The Concierge for Better Living will continue in a moment. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living only on CannabisRadio.com. And we are back. This is Doc Rob, your host, your concierge for better living here on Cannabis Radio with my chef today, Jeff, Chef Jordan Wagman. We're having a wonderful conversation about how food is medicine, how food can be a game changer, and how everyone has the ability, what you put in on your body, it it does have an impact in your day-to-day health. And so when we talk about that, we were talking about before the break, you know, you know, I don't claim to be a purist. I never said that to anyone. I don't even own the label of vegan or vegetarian. I don't really subscribe to labels like that except conscious consumerism. I make the best choices in the situations I'm in. I prefer to use the word treat day versus cheat day. You know, I try to indulge myself with positive language. And I think that one of these things that we talk about uh, that more and more is cannabis. And I think, you know, I did did a, a talk for Whole Plant Expo. If everyone's caught it, I've shared it on Twitter a few times and on social media. My title was Cannabis is Food. And I talk about this in a few different ways. Now, there's two different perspectives. And one is cannabis itself, the plant, the seeds, the oils, the proteins, the fiber, the leaves, the root. It's all part of the food system in some form or fashion. And so that as a whole plant, that's where I really champion. That's where my passion lies. But I also recognize that people are looking to incorporate cannabis and cannabinoids and compounds that are found in this plant into the food they're eating uh, as an added ingredient. And so we call those infused products or infused foods, edibles, or however you want to look at that. And of course, there's, you know, I've talked about this many times in Colorado many years ago when I went to one of the first pain centers and I got my first sampling of cannabis infused products in a, in a more legal market. 
most of the stuff I wouldn't consume. It was, it was labeled as medicine, but it was loaded in sugar and artificial food dyes and other chemicals. And I was like, dude, this is not going in my body. I would rather just sit there and eat a bud raw from the plant than, or leaves than that garbage. And I think that people are recognizing that there's an improved quality in the edibles and the type of infused food and that even premium top-notch, you know, chefs that are trained are starting to incorporate the, these compounds, and these plants into their diet in a very safe, measured way. And I don't even want to talk about the recreational. I mean, I love an infused party, but I've seen chefs make a mistake in dosing where they, by, by the entree, the people are done. They're wasted, way too much. And they're trying to be that tough guy or that tough girl saying, oh, I can handle this amount. That's not this intention. This is an elevation. I don't drink to get drunk and wasted every time. I have a glass of wine or, or cocktail with a meal or socially. We have to look at cannabis that way. So I know you're excited to talk about this. I know you've you got into this infused food aspect and, and an elevated way, not just at a, let's throw everything in a, in a and call it a, like I said, you talk about your brownie. Well, I want that brownie already without the cannabis in it because it's clean. It's got nutritional compounds in it and benefits our body, not depletes our body. And I'll let you talk. I, I'm you know, about you know, listen, <laughs> I, I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, just, you know, just keep going. And I'm, I'm listening to myself talk. Everything you're saying, it's we are so aligned. There's so much to unpack there. So first of all, if you think about how counterintuitive this is, if sugar is going to cause inflammation in our body and you are having CBD to lower the inflammation in your body, so what's the rationale? You're going to, or the solution, you're going to have a gummy that's complete with, completely filled with sugar and CBD. Well, what is the net result? It's right. zero nothing. As a matter of fact, I'd argue that it probably has a negative result and because you're having all that sugar. So first and foremost, that's why I moved refined sugar. I approach cannabis and the use of cannabis for health and wellness. So I'm microdose. I'll start there. I'm microdose. Yes. Nothing that I provide to you has more than, and, and, and this is the outlier at five milligrams, more than five milligrams. And the vast majority have two, two and a half, three milligrams per serving. The other part of this is if you come over to, um, if you come over to my home, my home is my restaurant. I serve people 15 course meals, both infused foodstuff meals and non-infused. The food is exactly the same because it's still a food first approach. Some right. of it just happens to be infused. The other part of it is over 15 courses, only six will have THC. The vast majority have other cannabinoids. I'll use raw flour, I'll use CBD, because now we're talking it. And now as I learn more about terpenes, I will yep. start including more terpenes into my food stuff to try to give that overall, that entourage effect that we're always talking about. Yep. So for me, what I'm trying to do is give people, there's a barrier to entry for a lot of people who have never consumed cannabis before. Why? Because most of the products that are available in, in non-legal or recreational or black market areas are, you know, gummies and food stuff that has 50 mgs, 100 mgs, 500 mgs. You know, do I use RSO oil? Do I use a distillate? The issue becomes this, the education. Yep. It's if it's not you and me, the experts educating people, then who is it? It's the people that you're citing as the example, the ones that will make the mistake. 
I've fed a thousand people in my home restaurant. I've never made quote unquote a mistake because I buy for, uh, an oil that I know exactly how many milligrams are in each milliliter. So as long as I do approach it from a culinary standpoint, which is I'm going to properly emulsify that into a liquid. I emulsify that into my brownie, for example. And what makes that homogenous mixture is the inclusion of that avocado. It's like an emulsifier. So it helps to spread it out. It creates this homogenous mixture. And I can be certain within a certain tolerance that every portion, every, you know, um, every serving size has plus or minus X amount of cannabis. So for me, it's about teaching people how to properly infuse their food and then also give them a platform by which they can come, they can enjoy it in a safe environment and not feel as though they're going to green out or eat too much cannabis. I love it. And also what you just said, just from a physiology standpoint, having those healthy fats in the diet, these cannabinoids are fat binding. They absorb with fat. So if you have a fat-free diet or something, or a meal that has no fat in it, you're not going to have the same effect. So you can get a real physiological effect at a lower dose when you combine with the right factors, you know, cofactors and the right food ingredients. So, so you just said something that I, and I, I can't wait to can build our friendship because yes. you, you're a wealth of knowledge and, and I'm going to say something that I've yet to prove out scientifically, but maybe you can even speak to it. But I believe that, you know, when people come over to my home and have, have an experience with me, I have people, as I said, who are, this is their first foray into cannabis. And there are those who eat it every single day or smoke right. cannabis, consume cannabis every day. They'll come over and they say, okay, you know, I want a hundred milligrams. Well, it doesn't work that way. I don't provide a, that type of experience, but I will say, that's right. <laughs> but I will say, Hey, listen, each one of those little chocolate truffles has two and a half, have 10 of them, have 15 yeah. of them. I don't care. Right. But I think the most important thing is that we give that sort of overall experience, um, that's inclusive of the whole plant. But what, and, and the, what I'm trying to get to is because I don't use sugar, there's less of a barrier of absorption. And when those people who consume those hundred megs at a time or 250 megs, and they have my two and a half, they're like, wow, I actually feel that. Well, and there. the reason you're feeling it is because it's impacting you different than the regular, the regular way that you would consume cannabis. For sure. And then people are learning this and there's a lot of education and there's a lot of nuance. And again, I appreciate that. And I I agree with you. We're going to have a lot more conversations and I want to bring this up as we're wrapping up, not only on our show, I'm going to have you back on concierge for better living. We have a lot more to talk about. Maybe we'll do a a, a dinner party at some point together. Maybe it'll be virtual. Maybe it'll be together. We'll see how the the health and climate of travel moves on. But I also want to take this time before we wrap up to congratulate you on your new endeavor and you've got Thank a lot you. of stuff going on so tell people that you have a new your own podcast and i'd you know, love to be on that and, and keep these conversations going there as yeah well. i'm really excited about it um 12 months ago when you know when COVID hit um my brothers and sisters in the culinary world and hospitality i you know they're start they're struggling and they're struggling yeah. even more so today 12 months later and so i tried to give them a platform by which they could come on and promote themselves, promote their brands, promote their restaurants. And really just that's what this became. So the response was so great that my, you know, me and my team decided that we were going to launch a full-blown podcast. It's called In the Weeds. And it's a double entendre because, you know, there's a culinary reference and also my cannabis, uh, you know, cannabis is part of my brand. And I call it a food first podcast. Uh, Second episode is dropping tomorrow. 
Uh, if you're a food person, you know who this my guest is. It's Gail Simmons um, from from Food Network fame. And, you know, she's incredible, an old friend from Toronto. So she she's coming on. I have some nice. incredible guests and you'll be one of them. And I appreciate it. I'm just looking forward to, you know, propping people up and giving back and supporting those that, quite frankly, you know, need support and, and then to share a little love and education. So. Yep. I love it too. It's great. Um, where can they find that? What's the web links to track you down? And we'll have a post with the site, I mean, with, the, with the show, but I want to make sure that it's on the recording as well. Yeah, you can find me on all social platforms at uh, Chef Jordan Wagman. And that's the best place to be. And then all streaming platforms uh, in the weeds is available. Awesome. Great, great, great. Appreciate you, Chef, coming on today. Spend some time. I, I, I'm, again, just the beginning of many, many great conversations. I'm confident. Um, Wish you all the best success with the new show and all your other endeavors. And again, can't wait to to break some bread with you. Proverbial you know, gluten-free bread if necessary. But, uh, <laughs> but we'll make it happen. Thank you so much for having me, Doc. Appreciate my it, My pleasure, my pleasure. So thank you again for everyone at Canvas Radio for making this show possible. Uh, my producer, Brasco, my team, my wife, and my you know all my family and friends. I want to give a quick shout-out. Um, we lost a, a really great hemp advocate today, uh, this week, uh, Dion Markgraf, is a friend of mine. Uh, we had him on the show. I just reposted his, he was talking about legalizing cannabinoids in Mexico. He has been a hemp fighter before most people ever heard of hemp in the, on, listening to this show. Uh, it, it's a, a sad day for that, but his spirit will live on, and we're going to keep pushing forward these cannabis legalizations and hemp rights and hemp creed. I mean, he was involved with all of it. So I just, again, to all the people out there that are, are taking a moment for him, much respect to those type of warriors. And for everyone out there listening, I wish everyone, as always, all the best in health and happiness. Take care and be well. opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.